Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Good evening everyone and welcome to Belmont Banter. And this evening's guest we've got with us is Jack Delo. Now, honestly, if you're a local lad, Whitstable or Herne Bay, he will need no introduction. He's an he's an epic player, both Sunday League and throughout the Kent and Ryman Leagues, and now the Eastman League. So, Jack, welcome, mate. Where did it all start? Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, um, it, it just yeah just started at a very young age. Just uh, my mum's and always told me I had a football in my hand whenever I could so yeah just being out in the streets playing my mates from as early as I can remember just constantly playing football and uh yeah just love the sport loved everything about it yeah that's just it really just always out in the streets playing my mates well number one question because you're a goalkeeper was it in- I actually start I, no I didn't start off in goal funny enough I um I was I was centre midfielder well trying to be and uh funny enough we uh our, our youth team must have been under I don't know, young, under nines, under tens. And um, we had a goalkeeper called Ben Jackson. He was a twin with Sam Jackson, I believe. And we had training on the day before and we were practising penalties. And do you know, you know, I remember Lee Whitehead? Yes. I think it was Lee Whitehead. or it was, And they hit a penalty at our goalkeeper and it broke his wrist. All right. Um, so we had a game the next day and we were playing Margate Colts away, I believe. And they were quite a strong side and no one wanted to go and goal. So obviously I volunteered. And um, ended up drawing 0-0, I believe. And, yeah, I had a, quite a good game. And that was it. That was me and Sticks for the rest of the season and never looked back. Never looked back. And as they say, the rest is history. Well done. Yeah, the rest is history, yeah. So, which local side did you play for, apart from the, the under-9s? Yeah, no, I was, just, I was always Herne Bay, strangely. Um, I started off Herne Bay youth. Um, I ended up playing a year above myself. Uh, the manager at the time was... Martin Wimsley, I believe. Um, so I always played a year above, right up until, uh, you know, under 12, under 13s. And obviously I got scouted for Charlton, ended up playing for their youth set up for a number of years. And then, yeah, you had a real good time up there. Moved, like, obviously went in digs, done the whole scholarship, uh, had a real good time. And then um, when I got released at 17 years old, it was back down to Herne Bay and then I kind of was going to take a break from the game. And um, strangely enough, I went to watch a good friend of mine, Alex Hossick, who was playing for Herne Bay first team at the time. Just went to watch him, thought nothing of it. And he introduced me to the, the then manager, which was Simon Bryan, and just kind of told my story that I've just been released by Charlton. Uh, you know, I had no interest in football, really. I kind of lost a bit of love for it. But um, next thing you know, I'm playing for Herne Bay Reserves under Jay Leppard for a game and then played that one game where Ashford Reserves had a good game. And then next next, next game, I'm in the Herne Bay first team. It was crazy, really. There was no introduction, no training, just thrown straight in. Uh, as a, I think I was 18 at the time. And like back then, you know, the Kent League was strong. I remember one, I think our first game, my first game for the Herne Bay first team was away at Cray Wanderers. And it was, I think they murdered us. And it was a bit of an eye-opener. Suddenly I've gone from youth team football straight into men football and they were big men but you know they seemed big men back then because I was probably a, a young well not a teenager as such but you know a young adult and uh, 
it was uh, it was an eye opener, but it was uh, it was enjoyable. Yeah, so straight into that, and then um, yeah, never looked back. Really, played a lot of games for Herne Bay, as you know. I don't know. And yeah, you say about the Kent League being strong, and my goodness me, it was a strong league. We had Dover in it, Margate in it. I tell you what, it, oh. it was a crazy situation, wasn't it? Oh, it was ridiculous. And then. You know, you had your Maidstones. I think I listened to Gary Sayers and he mentioned Maidstone and the crowds they used to get in. And, you know, and then you had the uh, Thamesmead Towns and you're just like, Gary, again, Gary said Slade Greens. And there was all big games and tough games. And, you know, it was, it was mental, really, when you look back at the size of the Rams games. It was just, there was no real easy game in, in when I first up in the Kennedy League. Obviously, as you got older, I think teams like got promotions and stuff. But I remember when I first, it was, it was crazy to, just every game was a tough, hard slog fought game, you know? I think at local football, everybody's always got one team that they don't like playing against. Now, we've got a rivalry, Whitstown and Home Bay. That's a given. But <laughs> what, was a, what was a side that you never liked playing against? Oh, that's a good, good question. I never really got on very well at Ramsgate away. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a psychological thing. I, I, I never really liked playing there. I ended up signing for Ramsgate for a very short spell and it didn't go too well. But yeah, I don't know. Just I never really seemed to have a good game down at Ramsgate. I used, I used to make quite a few mistakes for some reason playing there. It was it's, never an enjoyable time. Uh, it's strange, isn't it? And uh, yeah. talking about managers that you played under at the Bay, because how long was your, your actual career there? How long were you there for? I signed for Herne Bay, I think, in May 2003, I think. And I think I played about 195 games. So I don't know how many seasons that was, over how many seasons. And then obviously Ramsgate come in for me. They was in the Ryman Premier. So it was like quite a big step up. And I was a bit reluctant to go. Barry Morgan was Herne Bay manager at the time. Uh, anyway, he, you know, he gave me his blessing to go. I went and obviously it didn't go very well. I got shipped out on loan. Funnily enough, I turned up to training and I saw another goalkeeper there, Danny Twyman at training. I thought, that's strange. And then... Next thing you know, I'm getting a phone shoved in my face from Jim Ward. It's Neil Cugley, Folkestone manager. And I was like, right, okay. And then obviously Neil Cugley on the other end of the phone, he said, yeah, hello, um, Jim said you're coming on loan to us. And it was the first I'd heard of it, you know, and, you know, that's no disrespect to Jim Ward. It was a bit of a, a bit of a tough one, but, you know, he had his reasons. I wasn't playing very well. I think he could have probably pulled me aside and maybe told me beforehand instead of chucking a phone in my face. But, you know, no hard feelings because I ended up going to Folkestone and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it, probably playing the best football I'd played for a long time, so. I think sometimes yeah. these things come out of the blue and you benefit from them, don't you? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, you know, I didn't have a very good time at Ramsgate and I did lose a lot of interest. And then when uh, he told me I was going alone, I just decided that I've had enough, I'm not going to do it. So I remember Neil Cuckley trying to ring me a couple of times and I ignored the call because, I don't know, I was just made, not too scared to say I didn't want to do it, but it was just, you know, it was just easy for me to ignore the call at the time. But I finally built up the courage to answer and say to him, oh, I'm not going to play, you know, I'm going to have a break. Neil Cugley being the man, he has managed to speak me around. Next thing you know, it's boxing day and I'm playing away at Ashford uh, for Folkestone. And it was, like I say, to be honest, I'm really glad he took me around because I went down there and had five very good seasons and and what a manager Neil Cugley is. You know, I've had the privilege to play for him for such a long time. And uh, what he's done down there is, is a miracle, really, with, you know, when I went there, they had lost all their money and he, and he kept side together and he just he was a joy to play for you know he's an old school manager he's, he's one you wouldn't want to piss off you know he could lose his temper and I've seen it many a times but at the same time he uh, had the respect from everyone and um, 
he is without doubt a legend at Folkestone. In your position, more than anywhere else on the pitch, you are aware of your defence. What was your defence like there? Who were the lads? Well, at, Folk yeah, at Folkestone, oh, I had, well, to be honest, we, we, I think we conceded so many few goals one season. I had Liam Friend, who's obviously a great centre-back and still playing now. I think he's at Margate. Frankie Chappell, who's yeah. had a great career at Folkestone and I think he's played for Lewis and Whitehawk now. We had Josh Vincent right back, who's still there. Can't believe he's still going. Fair play to him. Oh my god, yeah. Well, when I first was there, jo Josh Vincent wasn't actually a right back. He, he was he was coming in as a midfielder and he wasn't really getting in the side. They had a strong midfield folks in there, Jimmy Jackson, Darren Smith, Mev, who still plays now. A great midfield and and Jim um, JV was kind of in and out, and then he just got put right back one game and he just kind of don't know, just like you say, these things happen for a reason, and it clicked. And then he's gone on to be like, you know, folks' best right back for the for, for the last how many years it's been. So credit to him. And then left back was um, Liam Dixon, who I think had a spell at Whitstable as well for a yeah. little while. Uh, unfortunately for him, I think he's suffered with injuries over the last yeah. few years. Because I, I texted him a while back, actually, because um, when I got back down involved at Herne Bay, I think that's after a left back. So I got hold of Liam Dixon to see what he was doing. But he just said he's, he can't stay injury free. So I think it hampered him, but you know he was a solid left back in his day. That was our back four, and it just clicked. And we was only young, very young, you know. And uh, what about the midfield, Michael Everett, was he there when you were there? Yeah, Michael Everett. Yeah, Michael Everett. Is what a I can't believe. Oh, what a player! Yeah, what a player! Uh, a, a player that you know he's probably at the end of his career now, but still doing a good job. But you know, I, I had him in his prime, and um, he's just an example of what you want from a midfielder. You know, he runs through brick walls. He was good on the ball. He heads. He tackles. He was just an. He was just a leader, you know. And we was very lucky. And 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 around him, we played for him. We had Jimmy Jackson, who again was Jeez. at the later stage, later stage of his career. But for me, I think I had one year with Jimmy, or maybe two. But honestly, what a player! Yeah. Jimmy Jackson was. You could give him the ball in any any tight space, anything, and you just felt comfortable that he wouldn't give it away. He had a lovely left foot, so composed. And could play. And then you had Darren Smith, who you know he's had a very good non-league career, and um, I think he's uh, helping out at Chatham now. I think he's their number two at Chatham with um, Scott Lindsay. But Darren Smith would pop up with goals, so them three worked in the middle, and then up top. I mean, we were blessed up top, really. I mean, we had Jimmy Dryden again. Jimmy Dryden's come to the end of his sort of playing career when I was there, but still, you could see would see the ability he had. You know, he could score out of anywhere, and. Um, and we had Ratty, I don't know, or James Everett, Mev's brother. I think he might have had a spurt with Whistable as well. He did, yeah. Um, and he was just a workhorse, just charging around up top. I hope I haven't missed anyone off because I'll probably get a text from someone. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, and, 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 you know, they lost all their money. So there was no real budget down there. And it wasn't about the money. We was all kind of young. But yeah, Mev was probably the oldest and Jimmy Jackson. But we kind of just clicked and, and Neil Cuggy had a, probably a squad of 12 and we were very lucky that season because if we'd have had a few injuries he would have been knackered really because but he worked with a squad of 12 or 13 and we had the same starting 11 pretty much every week and for that for that for that first couple of seasons it just worked and it was very enjoyable I was going to mention that that uh, limited squad because to be to do that and play such good football did you actually win promotion that year yeah, we did. So we had we had a ten point deduction, which if we hadn't had a ten point, well, I think we would have won the league quite comfortably. We ended up finishing second, so we got into the playoffs. We played Leatherhead in the semi final, and that went to a penalty shootout. And I was trying to think of this earlier. 
I can't remember if I, I I'm pretty sure I saved the penalty to get us through to the final but I can't it's bad that I can't remember but I remember just being bundled and everyone jumping on me which makes you think I must have <laughs> it was like, it was like if it was like the seventh penalty I think it was like you know they scored the first five yeah. and it was going to sudden death so I think I saved the one that got us to the final and then we played Godalmin a team from Surrey I believe in the final and I think we went one nil down and then we ended up winning two one yeah so we won promotion via the playoffs and uh, unbelievable yeah it was unbelievable with the, with the ten point deduction, no money, and everything that had gone on. It was a. Uh... It's if you put it all in a hat, you've got no money, you've got the deductions plus limited players plus no injuries. That was the miracle. No, it was. It really, really was. We were so, so lucky. I mean, Jimmy Jackson was playing with niggles, as I say. He was. He was at the end of his career, so a few games he was having to get through and strap up and take painkillers, and I think his knee was giving him grief, but. You know, he'd done it for the team and um, you know, it was just so good. Yeah, to do it with the team we had was uh, was unbelievable, really. Like you say, we was like, a few injuries would have been knackered, but it just worked. And yeah, it was a, it was a great, great season. And um, obviously, we found the next season very tough because, yeah. again, it, it, the situation hadn't changed. There was no money. So we, we went up to the Ryman Premier with the, uh, with the same team. I think we added a couple of players, but, you know, and... Uh, it was real tough and you and you could see the difference in only one league but the difference in the standard was was evident and yeah. you know you, you're playing teams like lowest off the way and you know you're traveling around and it was um it was tough and uh we ended up getting relegated unfortunately i had a very busy season i think that's why i got players player not because uh <laughs> i'd done well i think it's because i'd got i was so busy every week so even though we come we got relegated i ended up winning the players player award but i think that was just down to probably keeping the score down to four or five nil every week instead of seven or eight. I know this is going out as a podcast, but I wish everybody could see the big smile on your face when you've been <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's brought yeah. memories, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And, and obviously when I, when I knew I was doing this with you, I started thinking about things and you kind of take it for granted because like I say, I was, I was ready to quit. I'd lost interest. You know, I'd been released by Charlton. I'd, you know, I'd had all these setbacks and then I'd, um, played for home Bay for a long time, gone to Ramsgate and then that didn't go well. And I just thought, you know, I'm never going to really make it now. And I kind of lost a bit of interest and yeah, just, uh, you know, hats off to Neil Cugley, he spoke me around and it, it does put a smile on the face because they were five of the best seasons. You know, it was, it's not an easy journey down to folks on a Tuesday night for training or match days, you know, you have to drive all back and you're getting up early in the morning work. It was tough, but it's times I'd never change. And, uh, yeah, what, what, what a few seasons we had there and, and um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. And then when you finished there, did you end up back at the Bay? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was really tough because I didn't want to leave Folkestone and the only reason and the only reason I did is because Sam Denley, my cousin and very good friend, got the Herne Bay job. He obviously spoke to me and asked if I'd like or he wanted me to sign. I didn't give him a straight answer there and then because I just, you know, it was hard for me to leave folks and I've been doing really well there. I'd Like I say, where we'd had the same team for literally five years, I've built a real good relationship with all the players, you know. We'd we'd have trips to Magaluf and we'd have nights out and, you know, Neil Cugley would go to Magaluf every year and we'd all, it was so good and it was just hard to leave somewhere I was so happy and enjoyed my football. But it's hard when, you, when your cousin and your best friend comes calling 
and it's for your hometown club that you've played so many games for before and it is on your doorstep, it, you know, it's hard to turn down. So um, I made the decision and Neil Cugley was, uh, you know, he's very good, he's understanding and we shook hands and, uh, yeah, and then I went to Herne Bay and carried on. Do you know what? This, um, this thing about rivalry it gets a bit out of hand sometimes. But anybody, yeah. it does. I mean, you're smiling. I've, I've been there. I know what it's like. And so have you. Um, but um, when people are level-headed about it, they, they very soon catch on that these lads that you've got and you're calling them your players, they're not your players. They're only there for a period of time. And come what may, you know, there's very few times. I mean, look how long GS was with us. And then equally, oh. how long was GS with Herne Bay? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Your cousin was with us. He's skipping our side. And then he goes and yeah. manages Herne Bay. He's skipping Herne Bay. You know, it's yeah. it's just a local thing, isn't it? You know, these guys that get so hung up on this inter-club rivalry, it sours it for no reason at all. It's football. No, exactly. It is, that is it. And, you know, when you cross the white line and you are playing the derby, then, yeah, I, I get that. You know, you're passionate and you want to of beat course. your rivals and stuff. But, you know, when football... I was a, I was a bit of a nightmare on the pitch. I, I had a bit of a mouth on me, and, and no, sometimes you're it let joking. me. You are joking. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, I know. And I, I kind of maybe let myself down there sometimes, but that was just purely passion, and that was just you know wanting to win. And and I loved being out there with my other ten players on the field, and I just wanted us to win. And and sometimes it got the better of me, but you know I always felt that as soon as the whistle went and. And back in the change room afterwards or after in, in defeat or victory, I was always back to my normal self. I'd always shake hands your position and, you know, you'd always go in the bar, work one of these people that if we lost, shoot straight off after the game. That really annoys me when people... I understand the people that come down from, you know, London and stuff have to get back. But, you know, to, to, to pop into the bar for one drink after a game, yeah. put, a, put, put a bit of money behind the bar, just show your face for the fans that have been there, you know. And these people used to shoot off. It used to really wind me up. Yeah, um, because you know you you win together, you lose together, and it... that ten minutes in the bar, Jack, that cements some sort of relationship with the fans as well. Even if it's one hundred percent, even if it's just they come up and say, "Well done, Jack, you had a great game today." What about that penalty save? And you think, "Oh, exactly." You know, that's all it needs. Yeah, I don't that's all it needs. Yeah, be there for hours. But... No, that's right. And you know, the fans pay their money to come and watch you on a whether it's a sunny day, a freezing day, a rainy day. You know, they're there, so. For you to give a little bit back just by popping in, you don't, you know, I think you should, everyone should buy a drink just to, or put a drink behind the bar just to help the bar, help the club, help everything. Yeah. But if you don't want to have a drink, just just go in there, just stand in there for five, ten minutes, just show your face. Like you say, even if it takes one fan to come up and speak to you, then you, you know, you, you kind of have a little chat and it, and it does, it does, and it builds relationships. I've always been strong on that. I mean, I've had my critics over the years and I've had people, you know, slag me off on social media saying I'm not good enough, but. You know, I've just always st stood up to it and gone in the bar after whether I've had a terrible game, and you just got you just get on with it. I think this this they don't like your situation comes across because you are bloody good, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had I've done well in my career. I've you know I've, I've God when I'm when I'm good I'm good and when I'm bad I'm terrible. I've, I've had some shocking games where I've made some mistakes where you you know I've come away I get home and I say to she probably wasn't my wife then, but you know, I say to my wife now that oh, I don't know, I don't know how I made that mistake. It just, you know, you just you can sit here and scratch your head, but it just happens. It's just football, and you know, unfortunately, mistakes are made at the top top level, and it's just one of those things. So I never, I used to beat myself up a little bit, but um, 
I'd soon get over it the next day and uh, be ready for the next game. Now, you've run through the um, Folkestone side, and rightly so, because what a side that was. Just give me a yeah. think about one or two of the sides that you played with at Herne Bay that really stick in your mind. Because over the years, that they have changed. Managers change, and they bring in different yeah. players and so on. So give us an idea of a couple of the sides that you've really enjoyed playing with. Yeah, so when I first joined, it's like, I'm trying to think that... There was a player called like Paul Manning, who was a great player. And we had Justin Smale right back. Uh, I don't know if Andy Thompson was playing then. It's, it's hard for me to remember because I was only 18. But when that kind of... Well, Jason Lillis came in and he brought uh, a few of his own players in. And we had quite a good side there. I think we had a... Uh, we went we went for a stage of not... Con- like Gary Sam mentioned this, but this was before Gary's time. This is another time. We went for a stage of not conceding for so many minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a real strong side. He brought in Danny Kedwell for a season, and, and my word, I mean, what a for yeah, for that one season he played for Herne Bay, he was he was ridiculous. And he, you know, it's similar to to, to Stuart King when I was at Folkestone with Stuart King. Every game you went into, I thought Danny Kedwell would score. I just, I just, you just feel he's going to score, even if you're playing terrible, he's going to score. So, you know, that was a good side under Lillis. He, he brought his own players in, and then. Um, Obviously, when Sam was manager at Herne Bay, I know I've listened to Sam's podcast, and he, he, you know, he, he had he, Sam Hasler, uh, the Mark Lovells, Danny Walders. I mean, we was we was unlucky not to get in the playoffs that year, but um, not just the footballing side of it, but the changing room. I know, we, I know, a few of your people have these podcasts mentioned the changing room. And it's a massive thing, and that changing room at Herne Bay was honestly. You just from the moment you walked into that change room to the moment you left the bar, you just you was laughing and it was it was so good and 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 the, the mix of people you know we had, I know we mentioned Mark Lovell, but what a, what a lad like a striker that you want in your side runs through walls, but off the pitch he's just so funny and you got Danny Walder who I always call the most miserable man possible, but um, he was great to have around. Quinn Liam Quinn absolutely lead. I could name them all. GS who I've been yeah. lucky enough to play with for for a long time. Nathan Eastwood. You know, all these characters, all these big names and uh, you want them in your team because they're fighters and they're leaders. And, you know, sometimes we didn't play the best football, but we would certainly run through walls and give it our all. We had some quality players, like I say. Hasler was, I don't know where we found him. He, uh, we, we signed a player called Jamie O'Connell and, and, and Hasler turned up training. And the first thing he'd he done, you thought, hang on a minute, this, this boy can play. Yeah, it's a little gem, really, because he went on to be a, a very, very good player for us. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? it when that happened, yeah. your eyes sort of light up. Where did he come from? Honestly, it was it was we was training down at um, Cherry Orchard, and he turned up. He had his like long hair. He was a bit of a pretty boy. Didn't know nothing of him. Just you know, you get a lot of trialists turn up for, for pre-season, don't you? So you kind of, and then he he done this thing. The ball come into him, and he had a player behind him. He flicked it with his left foot like round the player and span him, and and just made you go, oh, hang on a minute, this, this lad's got something. And uh, yeah, he, ended up, he, he come as a left back and he was very good going forward. But defensively, I think he uh, he wasn't the best. So that's why he soon got pushed forwards. And um, like I say, became a very good player for Herne and, and the best left foot I've ever seen. And that's not, uh, you know, that's at any level I've played at. That's the best left foot I've ever, ever seen. So yeah, when, when was lucky. someone can strike a ball like that, it just takes your breath away, doesn't it? Yeah, honestly, we, we in training. If we was doing shooting anything, I was, I was, I just never used to die for it. There's no point. I'd either break my wrist or it just fly past me. It, it, 
it was such a good strike and um, some of the goals I've seen him score because obviously I'm standing you know directly behind so I've yeah. always got quite a good view and um, yeah some of the goals he scored were just unbelievable it's just a shame yeah like Sam mentioned his disciplinary was a let him down sometimes but yeah. you know he made up for it with his football so talking of breaking your wrist uh, your yeah. your career was pretty much I mean you had a few niggles but nothing major did you no, again, I, I did break my wrist, but that's when I was very, very young. So um, uh, I broke my wrist when I was young and I'd done my knee. I, I, I come off my bike. That's when I was at Queen's Park Rangers as a youth player. And the uh, day before my first proper game for QPR, I come off my bike, I've done my knee. So that kept me out for quite a while. But for the since yeah, since then, now I've been quite lucky. Like I so said, I've had a few niggles, but I've kind of stayed injury-free. And I'd quite like to know the stat, really, since I started playing for... Um, Bay, Folkestone and, and, and Canterbury City. I don't think there's many games that I've missed, you know. I, I think there's probably a few seasons where I've been ever-present and then obviously there might be the odd game I've missed for an injury or, or a holiday. But, yeah, I've been very lucky. I've, yeah. I've played a lot of football and not missed much. Well, I, I can't remember a game that we've played against you in the recent past, let's say the last 10, 15 years, when you aren't on the team sheet. You know, when yeah. you're at the club, you're on the team sheet. You were in goal. There's yeah. no argument about it. No ifs, no buts. No, yeah. No, I, again, I've done this. Like I said, I've had my critics, but everywhere I've been, you know, I've, I've seemed to, I have seemed to have played. I've never been a number two. I've always, like you said, I've always been in goal, which is, you know, it's a nice feeling. And uh, I've never really had to be anyone's number two, which is, yeah, it's nice. So, like you say, yeah, to, to, to just to be playing and, and be first on the team sheet was always nice. And, uh, yeah, looking back now, it's like you say, it does take down memory lane because, funnily enough, the game that retired me from hung up the gloves was uh, Wits the ball away, second game or third game of the season, and you beat us 3-0. That was um, that was a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? Well, uh, that was a East, well yeah. Yeah, 3-0 and again. Yeah, down your place. Again, I didn't have the best of games, but... I was speaking to my wife earlier and, and the, the, I was saying the morning of that game, for whatever reason, I've never been so nervous in all my life. I, I, I used to suffer with nerves and a bit, although it might come as surprising people, I was never the most confident. Although I had a big mouth on the pitch, I was always never really confident in my own ability. So, but that morning, that game, that where we lost 3-0, I was just so nervous. But I think in my heart of hearts, I kind of knew that I was close to calling it a day. So I don't know if that played a part. Obviously, I had two good seasons at Canterbury City and, and I was going to retire and I should have maybe retired, but Ben Smith got the Herm Bay job and whereas my camp manager asked me to go with him and I was a bit reluctant. I thought my Ryman days were kind of finished and I didn't think I was good enough anymore, but I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. You know, I should have gone with my with my head because I didn't do well at all in my second spell. Uh, well, it's actually my third spell. Third spell. My third spell. Third spell, yeah. So, um. And then I, uh, I missed the first game this season. I was at a wedding. And then I think we played on the Saturday. We played FA Cup against Croydon. I think we drew one all. And then we had Whitston won the Monday. But I just, something just in me, I was just, I was a nervous wreck in the morning. And I, I just, I just think then I knew that this, this could be it. And obviously I didn't have the best game. We lost. And then, you know, I called, I called Ben Smith that night and just, and just said to him, you know, I'd like to call it a day and he was very understanding and that was it really. That was my last ever game. Well, competitive game. I played a few Sunday games in goal, but um, as far as, you know, Ryman levels and stuff, that's uh, that's my last game and 
how how convenient it was against the bubble where we lost 3-0 at the Belmont. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Not the best way to go out, no, but, no. you know. Let's, uh, let's just have a, a word or two as well about Sunday football because that's been a big part of your life. Yeah, it has been a massive part of my life. Obviously, my dad, who was a big Whitstable fan, he used to run the Rising Sun pub with my mum. Yeah. So, obviously... My dad's obviously passed away, as everyone knows. So for me, when when the opportunity uh, came to play for Rising Sun, I took it, and that was oh, again. I was eighteen then. I started really young. I was on nineteen. I can't remember. Colin Matthews would know, but I was very young. I think I've been with the club like eighteen years. I've been involved with Rising Sun, and the reason why it is so close to my heart and something that I love is purely because you know my dad yeah. was a big part of that as well. So um, and yeah, it's been a Rising Sun has been a big part of my life. Like I say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a time I couldn't play for him when I was at Folks and I was on a contract, so I, I couldn't play Sundays, but I'd be there every week watching in the changing with the lads. You know, I've loved every second of it and, and I'm still involved with them now. Nathan East was the manager. I kind of help him. I'm kind of assistant manager, but, you know, it's, you know, we kind of do it together. Ben Brown, ben Brown also gets involved. Clive Stace does a bit. So, we, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all there to help each other and... Um, yeah, still going, still going strong. I mean, we lost the league this year for the first time in a long time, but it's kind of, I think, give the boys an incentive to come back next year a bit stronger and try and get back the league title. So, Absolutely. looking forward to that. Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. Well, yeah. Um, well, we're nearly out of time, but we've still got a little bit more because I want a couple more questions I want to ask you. First yeah, of all, no way. First of all, I want to talk about what you're doing now because it will surprise everybody. No, it won't. No one would be surprised. <laughs> so what are you doing now? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, um, uh, when I did call it a day, I obviously had a little break from the game. And then um, uh, a friend of mine, Clive Stace, plays for uh, a vets team called Tankerton Slayer. He said, why don't you come and get involved? But I, I said, I don't want to be in goal. I'd like to play on pitch. Um, when I first went there, I think they kind of wanted me to go and goal when I was playing out on pitch and I was getting put left back, right back, right wing. And I was kind of not very fit because I've been a goalkeeper all my life. So it took me a while to get going. I've started to kind of get the rhythm of it and I've gone in centre midfield now and um, had a very successful season. We've just won the league and then we've just won the cup final two, uh, three weeks ago. We actually beat Whitstable in the cup final. And I've been playing centre midfield and we had an awards awards after the final one. I won players, player and manager's player as a centre midfielder. So... You know, for me, it was quite a, a nice touch, and, and I don't know if it is a I don't know if it is a guilty thing because I'm a goalkeeper trying to play on pitch. But yeah, so it. it was it was it was very I wasn't I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, and like I say, the, the the team we've got is if, if I named you our side, you'd be shocked. So we've got um, Owen Williams plays at the back yeah. with Matt Nathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan Eastwood plays the odd game. Um, yeah, Aaron Barrett, who used to play for Herne Bay, yeah. he plays. And then we've got Matt Betts right back. We've got Simon Webb left back. But our midfield is obviously myself, Joe Kennett, Simon Brown. Yeah. Them two, them two are still, at their age, are the fittest blokes I've ever seen. It's, playing in midfield with them is a bit of a dream because they do most of my running. They do all the running, yeah. Yeah, they do all the running, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I just sit in front of the back four and just go sideways. A bit like Neil Brown used to play. Yeah, I feel exactly. Bad because, <laughs> you know, he, he was a sideways player. The old England <laughs> football walking captain that he gives it that one all the time. I know. Um, and then up front, we've got um, Mark Lovell. He comes down. I've got him involved. He travels down from Medway, old Mark Lovell. So he plays. <laughs> Wayne Fittle. Who else? Stacey Dave. We've got a very good side. We've got a good side and uh, it's very enjoyable. 
Yeah, that's good fun. That's good fun. Your journey's now finished. We've, uh, we've gone from potentially being a professional footballer, which you kept, yeah. you, played, you played down. You didn't make a big thing about that, to be honest. No, yeah, it's, you know, I lived away from home, which I found very tough. Um, I was in digs. My room shared with uh, Barry Fuller, who went on to have a very good career, Gillingham's captain and AFC Wimbledon captain. We shared a room in Sidcup uh, in Diggs. And I just used to, uh, I loved it. I did, but I couldn't wait to get home on a Saturday night and spend Saturday night and Sunday at home. And I guess you have to be, I was dedicated, but you have to be, I think, you know, massively, everything's got to go into it. And I couldn't wait to get home and see my family and be with my mates and, you know, maybe that was my downfall, but I wouldn't change it because, like I say, I had a very good time. But yeah, I got yeah, I got released by Charlton, and funnily enough, I went on trial at Chelsea. Um, they rang me up and said they need a, a, a scholarship, so you get a three-year scholar. I'd done my two years at Charlton, and then, then Chelsea needed a third-year scholar, so they rang me up, asked if I'd go there for a week's trial. So they put me up in a hotel. But when I got there, I was end up training with the first team. It was a bit of a it was scary, really. I was walking in, it's like John Terry, Frank Lampard, like all these, you know, I'm training with them all. Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, uh, it's mental. And then I'm suddenly playing football tennis with Claudio Maneri and Cudicini and Ed De Hoy. And it's like, I'm this 17-year-old that's been released by Charlton is meant to be a training for the youth team. And all of a sudden I'm with the first team and it was very scary and I was very nervous. And like I, said, I was in a hotel all week on my own. I'd have to walk from the hotel all the way to the training. And it was, I enjoyed it. It was a great experience. But when they told me at the end of the week, it was Steve Clark actually who told me, the, the Scotland manager now, told me they wouldn't be offering me anything. Um, my mum and dad was waiting in the car park and I couldn't wait to get in the car and just get home. And, 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 and I think, you know, that says it all with me, really. I, I could have made it, but I didn't really push myself hard enough. But the plus side of it is you had a superb career and effectively playing with your mates. That's really yeah, and that, yeah, that's it. And 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 I've been very lucky. I've played for a few teams, and I still speak to the few of the boys at Folkestone. Still speak to the boys I played at Herne Bay with. Still speak. So I've been very lucky. And, and and in football, you do meet a lot of people. And I'd always encourage, you know, young kids or anything, just to go and go and get involved in the sport, even if it doesn't have to be football, cricket, anything, because you you meet so many people, and it and it and it's a big thing, I think. And. I've been very lucky. Some of the people I've played with and still talk to now and play golf with from playing football, it's, you know, it's, I'd, rec- I'd tell any kid now that's just going to get involved in some sort of club because, um, yeah, it just brings everyone together. Well, that brings us to a full circle, actually, Jack, because uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've really, yeah, really I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, mate. I know you had your, your misgivings a little bit and how it was going to go, but I'll tell you what, yeah. absolutely cracking. You come over so well. It's really, really like a breath of fresh air. Well done, mate. Uh, I do appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and for all the Whitstable fans that I have had arguments with in the past, it was nothing personal. It was just uh, me being a bit of a gobby person. But yeah. Well, don't be a stranger down the bubble. <laughs> um, you know, you don't, no, no, you don't no, have to yeah. wait until the Bay are playing. If you, if you get a chance, come down. Come down and have a chat with me. You know. Yeah, no, I, I do like it down there. Like I say, I've got great memories of going to the Belmont. When my, my dad was a big fan there. He was. And I, he, used to, he used to take me and I used to, I remember he used to walk into the bar afterwards and he'd be sitting there having a drink with your Steve Selwood, your Jerry Allens, you know, your Dave McFalls, your John Judges and all them people, Nick Denleys and 
you know, times I'd always remember when I was his little boy and I used to love yeah. it and I used to look up to all them blokes and that, you know, and some of them are still going now, which is great. Oh, um, well, yeah, most of them, know, Dave McFall's sadly no longer with us, but... Yeah, I know, yeah, Dave, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dave McFall's a big loss. He was he was a very nice character, Dave. He's always, every time I, he see me, he had a lot of times me and always putting his arm around me and, you know, all them, they were good, you know, I know my dad was a big Whistable fan, so yeah, I'll get down definitely and um, watch a few games. I like watching local football anyway, so... Good for you. Know, you. I, I, okay. I really enjoy it. All right, I'll wind it up here. So from me here at Belmont Banter and Jack Delo on the other end of her phone, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. I've really enjoyed it. So uh, cheers yeah, you again, too, ladies mate. and gents, and uh, you can hear a few more of our local legends will be on uh, Belmont Banter. Cheers, Jack. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Take care. Cheers, cheers mate. mate. Thank you. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>